What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. This podcast is my Blackjack 2020 year in review. So Blackjack Real Estate is my real estate company. We flip and wholesale houses around the Southeast. And this year was a interesting and strange year for us. You'll hear some huge wins for us, some huge failures for us. And I'm also going to share kind of the path that we're going, the change that we're making, and a huge pivot that we made inside the company uh, towards the end of the podcast. So stick around. Um, I'm going to talk about, I was I was going to do blackjack and seven-figure flipping in one podcast, but I'm going to have to break it up into two. It just kind of went long. And the seven-figure flipping podcast, I'm going to include my personal journey as well. So I'm going to talk about my personal life, uh, some of the goals that I had and the changes and how I did, and just do an assessment of seven-figure flipping and how we, how we ended up the year, and then my personal life too. So here's blackjack. I think you're going to really enjoy this. This is a um, everything behind the scenes. I'm, I didn't hold anything back here, uh, shared it all goods, bads, some of my failures and, uh, things that I struggle with this year and problems that I had. So I hope you enjoyed the transparency and, uh, here we go. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called seven figure flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody. This is the podcast that I think a lot of you are looking forward to, and usually I fear every year. So, um, And I shouldn't say that I fear it, but there's part of me that realizes that I don't always hit my goals. So um, when I look back, uh, it's good to take stock in the past and, and where, how far we've come and what we've done. But I realized last year, we, we missed the mark on quite a few things inside the business. And this year, I, same thing happened. So when I went look back, uh, I knew I was going to look back and see some areas that we needed to improve on. And we've been looking at that throughout the year. But Uh, This is the time where it's like true confessions, right? As we used to say at my squadron, HSC 23, we used to show up and when we screwed something up or did something wrong in the helicopter, um, we would show up in front of all the other officers, all the other pilots and share it. So somebody else wouldn't go through the same um, the same thing. So we would openly share without uh, repercussion and same thing here. So I'm going to openly share kind of my 2020 in all the different companies and my personal life, kind of like I did last year. We might break it up into multiple uh, podcasts. I'm not sure, but I'm just going to go through and talk about my goals for 2020 uh, last January uh, that I put out on the podcast and our annual planning for our EOS sessions and how we did. And then I'm also going to share some of the things that we're doing Um, as a company to remedy some of these things and what the plan is going forward. So um, in all the companies, I don't have my annual planning session until January. So I won't know what our actual goals are. I know what a lot of my personal ones are and uh, where I want to go and what I want to do. But I have my uh, year in review here uh, down on the uh, iPad and a bunch of different things. So I'll just go through it. And what we'll do is we'll start with uh, Blackjack. So we'll start with my company, Blackjack Real Estate. And uh, I'll talk about, you know, some of the goals we had in the beginning of the year and how they actually uh, came to be, what happened, all that stuff. So um, last year, I didn't put on the podcast our goals because we didn't uh, set them for 2020 until January after the podcast went out. So here's what we wanted to do last year or, uh, you know, this this year, 2020. So uh, we wanted to get our EOS Uh, So entrepreneurial operating system, the EOS system that we operate off of up to 80%. So we wanted to get uh, at a level of 80% strong in EOS. Uh, We wanted to do 1 million in gross profit in outside of our three main markets. So new markets, basically a million in gross profit in new markets that we weren't in. Uh, 15% of our closed deals uh, all around 
come from new marketing channels. So we're trying to develop new marketing channels like texting and cold calling and all that stuff that we weren't doing before. Uh, we wanted to document our core processes and, and have them followed by everybody in the company. Uh, so documented in a system, uh, video trainings, those kind of things. Uh, we wanted to do, do two land or multifamily deals um, in 2020. So land development deals where we uh, buy, put some land under contract, uh, develop it, potentially sell it to builders, and then uh, multifamily deals. So two of those total. Uh, and then 50 deals using a new offer tool that we were creating. So we had this vision, um, Nate and I this year and the team, to create a new a new way of offering on properties and doing 50 of our uh, 200 plan deals that way. Um, the big picture goal was to do three and a half million in gross profits. So remember, this is January 2020. So we had no idea what COVID-19 was. We had no idea what this year was going to bring. And that was our plan sitting in a room in January together. So how did we do in all that is the question. Um, we actually took our gross profit goal down from 3.5 million to 2.75 million um, after COVID happened. And we saw uh, some changes and things like that in what we could do, um, and the response rates, all of those things. We realized that we there probably weren't going to hit three and a half million. So we took it down to about 2.75 million as a company. Um, and we planned on doing 200 deals. That was the goal. Uh, so how did we do? EOS. So entrepreneurial operating system, um, I feel like we're strong there. You know, we haven't gone through, we'll do it in January, gone through and taken kind of the assessment, the self-checkup, those kind of things. But one thing that I did notice as we were getting towards the end of the year, and I'll talk about where we're going as a company and some changes that we made. But what I noticed was we were having a lot of red on our scorecard. So we use a, a, a software called My Traction Tools to track our EOS meetings and run our EOS meetings out of and people update our scorecard. So we have metrics, KPIs basically for every different department. And I noticed a lot of red. So if, if we're above the mark, above the goal, it's green. And if we're below the goal, it's red. And I just popped in there and said, you know, it's probably, it's pretty obvious why things aren't going so well. These are all red, like all of our KPIs, all of our metrics, all of our numbers aren't getting hit. And if we don't hit our numbers, we're not going to get the output that we need. Right? So so that's one thing that I noticed. Um, the rocks were getting hit, you know, most of the time. So quarterly rocks we create. And, um, I, you know, I think we're probably below 80%. If I had to give us a score, I think where we're really strong is our core values, um, our processes and systems and procedures and things like that. Where I think we're a little bit weak is um, hitting those, like setting the targets, setting the marks and, and hitting them and really figuring out how to do that. And so this year was, and, and again, the accountability chart is going to be something that I talk about. So I think we're probably didn't hit that 80%, but we'll see, we'll give ourselves an assessment throughout the company and see how we did. Uh, but we're, we're probably pretty close. If we're not at 80%, we're probably in the seventies. So I feel, I feel good about where we are there. I think we, there's always room to improve on uh, our EOS, um, execution. A million dollars in gross profit and outside markets, so new markets. So we did go into some new markets this year. We went into three or four new markets, but we did not hit a million dollars in gross profit. We saw some resistance there. We saw some challenges that we had in a couple different markets. And um, we did deals there. We probably did uh, we probably did 20 or 25 deals in some of these other new markets, I would say. Uh, however, it was definitely an uphill battle for us. And we actually turned off 
quite a few of them, which I'll talk about kind of where we went towards the end of the year um, after we go through this, but that we did not hit that. Uh, 15% of our closed deals from new marketing channels, we did well there. So we definitely hit that one. Um, we brought in some new strategies, some new ideas. Heather did an awesome job in the marketing department to get um, new ways of, of getting deals and deal flow outside of what we were currently doing. We knew we had to shift up the marketing a little bit. Uh, core processes documented and followed. I feel like we hit that. So there's a lot of work this year on um, documenting the core process processes and hitting them. Uh, two land uh, development and multifamily development deals. This is a very exciting place for us. And you'll hear kind of some of the transition that I'm making in Blackjack and why uh, towards the end of this podcast. But um, we got two, we have two land development deals under contract. They didn't close this year, but we've been working on them. Nate has been doing an amazing job working through those. So we started kind of you know, marketing and, and talking to people with bigger land. So like 100, 100 plus acres here in Nashville, um, we have a smaller one under contract, you know, uh, 20 acres or so. And what we're doing is we're converting that from agricultural to uh, residential and then um, de de determining what we're going to do with it. So whether we're going to fully develop it, uh, put a bunch of money into it, or just turn it over to a developer that can do that, those kind of things will determine our profit margin. But taking that and um, doing the conversion, um, making the changes, submitting, getting surveys, submitting all that stuff for review, the plans, the plats, those kind of things, and then selling that to a developer for a large profit. And then the developer will take it, chop it up, potentially sell it to builders, build on it themselves, those kind of things. So um, we have two of those under contract, but they didn't close. Um, but the multifamily side was really exciting. We, Chad, uh, Chad King, who you guys know, he's been on the podcast a bunch. He helps out inside the mastermind group. Uh, he made a shift away from our business over to multifamily and sales coaching this past year. And uh, he came to Nate and I and said, I want to do some land, uh, some multifamily deals with you guys, some apartment buildings. And we were able to close a 21 unit down in Huntsville at um, Huntsville, Alabama. And we also have a 49 unit in Chattanooga that is closing today as I record this Wednesday, the 23rd of December. So uh, two multifamily deals were closed. And the exciting thing is that deal that we did in Huntsville, we renovated it and we're actually selling it today on December 23rd. Also, somebody from uh, outside the area came and brought us a, a great offer that we're going to make a couple hundred thousand dollars on. And we decided to take it and um, take that money and move it into some of the bigger stuff that we're doing. Um, we were also able to close a 93 unit building here in Murfreesboro. So we did uh, three uh, multifamily deals this year and with a goal of two and two land development deals under contract. So that was exciting. I think you'll hear some of the transition and shift that we're going to make inside the company is because of this. There's uh, large, large profit margins there. There's some really great tax benefits. There's some really cool stuff that's happening uh, in that world for us. So that's uh, that's really exciting. So that's a big win for Blackjack and, and me and Chad and Nate this year and the whole team. And so then the last one is 50 deals using a new offer tool. So um, we struck out big time here and we put a lot of research and development into this. We, I'm not going to share exactly what we wanted to do because we were talking about it inside the mastermind group here soon and, and maybe somebody's going to take it and run with it. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to develop, uh, we wanted to, our plan was to go nationwide and be able to offer on properties anywhere. We get leads all over the place from pay-per-click uh, traffic and other people sending us leads and addresses and all kinds of stuff. And so we wanted to have the ability to close a deal over the phone in any city in the United States and uh, be able to uh, exit that property, sell it, um, assign it, do whatever we want, rehab it, whatever it was. And we had a plan to do that. And we probably sunk as a company, probably a quarter million dollars, so about $250,000 in, in labor and um, software and all the different things that we wanted to do over these 
probably six or eight months. So we started doing this in January and developing it. And then what happened was when COVID hit, we saw, um, we saw a change in, in what was happening and the company wasn't making as much money, but we're still developing something for the future. So I thought we would see a little dip and then come out of that. And we were just kind of spending and spending and spending on this. And this was the way of the future for us. And I don't, I'm not, I don't think it was COVID-19 or anything or the change in the market at that time. Uh, We had a couple months that just kind of like people just stepped on the brake and then they stepped on the gas really hard after two or three months, right? Like a lot of you flippers are seeing now your properties are flying off the shelves. You'd wish you had more inventory. So I think for us, I'm going to talk about kind of some of the transition that we're making in blackjack and why, but we were still having some personnel and people issues. So the accountability chart was really strong, but we had, um, we had people in the basically trying to, um, we, we had key people leave the company. And when that happened, what you see is you see a change of we're constantly trying to bring in new people, train them, get them up to speed, develop them, and have them um, perform like the folks that were senior that were doing really well. So when that happens, what you see is you really have to, I needed to get more involved and I didn't. And so I take 100% ownership for this because I was completely removed from the company this year and I wasn't giving Nate the time that he needed for me as the visionary and, and working together and jumping back in. I think the companies that saw a lot of success this year, it's probably the visionary and the integrator jumped back in and did a lot of work this year to, um, to right the ship, to make sure that um, things are happening, things are working well. And so when the foundation shakes a little bit and I was spending all this time at Seven Figure Flipping and, and, and doing different things outside of blackjack and just leaving it all on Nate's shoulders. I think that was a big problem and a big issue of why we didn't uh, hit some of these metrics where we could have. So when you have uh, an owner and a visionary that it may be only working two to three hours a week, uh, I knew that I needed to get more involved. I just didn't have the time or the capacity to do it. And a lot of the folks that like I see Andy McFarland just working a couple hours a week. Well, when something happens and you lose a key player or something big blows up or COVID-19 hits, right? Uh, those folks need to get back involved more in the business. And I didn't do it. And so I take responsibility for a lot of the reasons why we didn't hit these kind of numbers and metrics. So where did, where did we end up? We're going to be just around probably $2 million gross profit. So with a company that has over a million dollar payroll, has expenses, um, has marketing costs, all that stuff. It, it wasn't a great year for me personally inside the company at 2 million bucks. Uh, we need to make somewhere around two and a half to $3 million for me to see a big profit. And so a lot of the problem was me not getting back involved. And I see that Nate and I, so let's back up. Where are we going now? Like, what do we do about all this? Right? No problem getting the EOS up to 80%. I don't think the core process is documented. Um, Outside markets, what are we going to do? The land development, multifamily deals were a big win. We're going to see a lot of profit come from those land development deals. Uh, We're going to see some money come in from the multifamily deals and things. So that was a huge win for us to kind of uh, prove that model for us that we can do that inside the company. Um, The 50 deals using the new offer tool. I had to make a difficult decision to about two months ago to sit down with Nate and say, okay, what does the future of this company look like? Is the future of this company the path that you want to take and you see this vision of um, being able to push a button and make an offer anywhere in the country and, and sell properties? Or is it, hey, let's slow down and let's focus on what's really working right now and, um, and figure out what do we both want to do as visionary and integrator in the company? Do we want to work 80 hours a week inside the company or do we want to slow down and make it more of a lifestyle business like we have 
um, uh, like a, a bunch of other people have. So the conversation that we had was we sunk $250,000 into development for this tool, right? And we're almost there. And I basically made the tough decision to just say, pull the plug, just stop, like turn it off. Um, let's make a change. We have to make a shift just because I'm not confident that I think we can do it. I think we could go that direction. However, I just don't think either Nate or myself want to do that. And that's the huge thing that I hope that I can share with you and get out of this is um, you can, we can build a company that does 500 deals, 1,000 deals. And that's, what, that's the direction we were going. We were really kind of excited about that at one time. Um, but with, the, with Nate doing a lot of you know, personal, his personal journey, my personal journey, we both looked at each other and just said, neither one of us want to quit, right? Neither one of us want to throw in the towel, say, this didn't work. We tried it. Um, I, I don't want to have to come on the podcast and tell you that, that I failed at this, um, at this strategy, this technique, this thing that we were going to do, because my plan was exciting. I wanted to share it with the mastermind members. I wanted to uh, tell them all about these, these incredible thing that we created and how they can help use it. And we can, um, you know, um, dispose of properties all around the country with their help using their buyers list and stuff like that it has exciting plan. And the fact that we had to pull the plug and, and take a step back, it was really, I think it was harder for Nate than it was for me. I saw the writing on the wall for a couple months, uh, but I let, I let it play out. I let him keep going. And I think the, the takeaway for me was that we weren't necessarily in sync, the visionary and integrator. We weren't meeting as much as we should have. We're not spending as much time together. I'm not, you know, getting back into the business when I need to. And he felt a lot of weight and a lot of heaviness uh, from him um, having to be the visionary and integrator of the company at the same time. So if you're listening to this and you're looking to hire a COO or an integrator or somebody like that in your business, and you're the owner, you're the visionary, those kind of things, you have to be the visionary, you know, for it to work. I tried to hire Nate, put him in and just let him do everything. And he started to get frustrated and, and um, a little bit uh, resentful, I'll say. Hopefully, Nate, if you listen to this, that's okay that I say. Like we just had a, we had an awesome conversation about a month and a half ago, two months ago, where we sat down and we got back on the same page. And there was a lot of unsaid things, a lot of, um, a lot of things that we needed to talk through. And we're, I, I'm, I'm really excited about the direction that we're going right now. And I feel like we're back in sync. And it's not, the, what we're doing now is not something that he's going to need a ton of me, but I'm there um, when we need it. So I'm going to have to put in more time with him, with Blackjack, spend time together on and off the clock, like at work and not at work. And we just spent some time together at our Christmas party and uh, went out together afterwards with our wives. And it was really awesome to just kind of spend some time and, and, and not talk about business and just talk about life. So, okay. So where are we going? Like, what's the plan for blackjack? I, uh, we've been doing about 200 deals pretty close to it each year. Um, somewhere in the couple million dollar gross profit and employing about 15 plus people inside the company. So about two months ago, what we did was we said, and maybe a month and a half ago, um, Nate and I agreed, we need to make a transition. We need, we need to make a, a change. And what is it going to look like? So I said, what if we could do what if we could market, just reduce our marketing costs? What if we could um, have more of a, a business that is an administrative type business? Like what if we could still wholesale 50, 60 deals a year, if not more? So four or five deals a month. We don't need to do 10, 15 deals a month. What if we could do less on the wholesaling and flipping side? And then what if we could, since we're doing these land development and multifamily deals, what if we could start doing more of those and bring our team into it? Because what it's been is it's been Chad, Nate, and me doing those deals right now without the team involvement. So Ashley's not helping in the transactions. Val's not helping in the, the lead flow. Uh, the marketing department is not helping drive marketing leads and things like that. So um, I said, what if we could bring that in? So now we have 
different ways to bring in leads and we can dispose of those leads regardless of what they are. So could we market for uh, larger multifamily deals? Could we market for vacant land? Could we market for uh, houses just like we do now? And what if we could have a smaller team that Nate could manage the team, right? So Nate could not spend 80 hours a week trying to do all of these deals, all these things that are happening. And what if we could just um, manage a team of four or five people? And Nate could spend 20 hours doing that. And then he could start working on the land development deals and things like that and spending more time prospecting and looking for those things. And so we, we talked about it. And we said that this would, that would be really good. Nate would love to have a lower number of hours that are worked and, um, and just kind of adjust to the structure of the business. So that's what we decided to do. We basically uh, talked to the team. We have uh, move some folks from our company. Obviously, we have other companies inside the mastermind group that would be happy to have well-trained staff that are great at what they do. And uh, we kept kind of this core team of, of folks inside the company that can do somewhere between 40 and 50 wholesale deals a year. We can uh, talk to people about their multifamily um, properties, their the vacant land that they have. And we have an outlet for each of those inside the company. So come January, our plan is to look at that accountability chart, figure out what it looks like, make some changes and adjustments to our marketing plan and start filling the pipeline with lots of different types of deals. So if we can do two land development deals a year, like we talked about, we can do about six multifamily deals this year inside the business. And Val can learn how to talk to people on the phone about multifamily deals. And Chad can continue to do the sales on multifamily deals. And Nate can take these land development deals and run with them. And then we can raise the capital to get this stuff done while still doing our wholesale deals and um, our flips. So now if the wholesale and flipping business can fund all of the salaries and marketing costs and all of that stuff for the administrative side of Blackjack, so Blackjack has a reduced payroll, reduced marketing costs and reduced expenses. Now, if we can break even on that or make some money, so if we can do, let's say we do a million dollars, I don't think it's too hard for our company to do a million dollars in wholesale fees next year in 2021. Then if we can break even and make money on that, then all the land development deals, and some of those are $300,000 profit, a million dollar profit. And all the multifamily deals that we do, which are great for us as individuals, so myself and Nate and Chad as general partners in the deals, um, what if we could do that and then all of that stuff, all of the, the fruits of the multifamily and the land development deals become the profit margin of the company can be really, really profitable and be uh, more of a kind of a lifestyle business for everybody on the team where they don't feel like they have to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. So that's the shift and change we're going to make. So I've been kind of, you know, the last month we've been working on how to do it, talking to the team, talking to the staff. Um, so that's exciting. I'm really excited about January with our annual planning and what we can do and what we can figure, like the kind of numbers that we're going to hit in 2021. And the, the reason that I wanted to make this shift and this change, I thought about it right when COVID hit, is like, what are, what are we doing? What are we really good at? If we do need to make a change, where does it need to go? And it's not that we're you know, jiving completely into the multifamily um, landscape. However, I've been doing this for the last three years as a limited partner. And now this past year as a general partner, when I talked about my personal stuff, I'll tell you, I've been able to add uh, quite a few multifamily deals and get involved in those as a general partner and raising capital for other deals and things like that. It's been really fun and exciting. And it's a, definitely a shift to add something on to what we are already good at, our core competency. So when something happens, we need to make a little bit of a change. And I saw this administrative hub, since we're already doing it, but we were carrying all the weight. Like our team can do a lot of that stuff. Um, the, and as we do more of them and we bring in more of these kind of deals, we need help. We need administrative help. 
And I didn't want to create another company, hire a bunch of other things. So we kind of made a shift and a pivot inside Blackjack to continue to do what we're really good at and what we're trained to do. And then train the team on some of these other things like you know, small, small to mid-sized multifamily and land development deals. So I'm really excited about that. The other thing that I'm really proud of this year is that through COVID-19, we employed Blackjack Real Estate over 20 people this year. And through the, the first, you know, six months of this COVID um, pandemic, we kept everybody on the team. Uh, we made payroll, everybody got paid. Um, people even got moved from city to city and we were able to keep them on board and keep them staffed and all that stuff. So I'm really proud of that. Um, the other thing that we were able to do is we had a goal to give away some houses. And so when I look at my, um, my personal goals, so my career goals, um, one of them was to uh, give away two houses free and clear to veteran families and over $100,000 to charity. And so I was able to do that this year. We were able to, through the seven-figure flipping company, uh, we were able to give away a house to um, homeless veterans with um, a Veterans Community Project. And that was amazing. We did an event called Veterans Live this year. We raised enough money through that event um, with all the people that helped out with it. We were able to give away a house to a um, a homeless veteran. So a $35,000 tiny house that we built. And then Blackjack was able to um, buy a a property, fix it up and give it away to a Gold Star family. So really, really amazing that we were able to give away two houses this year. And we gave a bunch of other money to charity and lots of different support um, to the Brett Boyer Foundation, which is really close to my heart, local uh, charity for um, CHD. Um, So uh, heart defects uh, for children. And it's just been a great year for that. Like we've been able to give when a lot of people are having a lot of sh- uh, struggles and there's, um, there's so much going on in the, the community and, and all around the country that is, is negative. And we were able to be a light for some of that stuff. And so it's really exciting uh, to be able to do that. So I'm proud of, of all of that. I'm so proud that I am able to run a couple different companies that employ people and are, you know, making, making their paychecks, putting food on their table. That was the thing I was most scared about when I got started in this business. And it's the thing that really fills me up now is to be able to support other families and, um, and other people uh, around, around the country. And it's really exciting to overall in the two companies to have employed about 50 different people this year. It's, it's just amazing to, to do that. And we're, we're hiring right now. We're hiring like crazy inside the seven figure flipping company. And, um, it's really, really exciting for me. So um, all of this to say, it was not a successful year again in, in, in terms of hitting our goals, but we have to make pivots. We have to make changes throughout the year. And as a business owner, you have to make the tough decision. You have to decide the direction that you should go. Um, I made the decision to keep everybody on the staff and just keep going right through the pandemic. And uh, I had to come out of pocket for that. And I'm, con- I'm still coming out of pocket some months to, to do that. And I got to the point where I said, look, I can't continue to fund this company. We've got to get to a place that I feel comfortable and, and build something that, that we all want to do. And pulling Nate, like Nate and I don't ever want to quit, like I said. And I could tell he was really, really hard-headed about just stopping this plan that we had put in motion. And sometimes you have to kill something. Sometimes you have to shut it down. And it's just... The writing is on the wall and who knows another two, three months, we may have gotten exactly what we needed and been able to hit go and, and do it. But I had reached my limit and there's times where you just have to pull the plug. And I didn't, I didn't want to, and he didn't want to, but we had to make the difficult decision to do that. And when we presented to the team, they knew that, that we, 
we made the right decision at the time with the information that we had. So we're making a change. We're making a shift. That's some of the stuff that we're doing. Um, I've got a couple, you know, exciting things planned. Uh, I think it's, I'm looking forward to sharing this inside of our mastermind group, some of the changes and things that we're doing um, with them. If they, anybody else wants to um, add something on to their business. I know we have a lot of members that are doing uh, more commercial stuff that they're adding into their business, some multifamily things. It's really exciting to, to see some of the changes that can be made. And, and a lot of the strategies and, and tactics that we use in the single family world um, will, will work great inside the multifamily world. So I'm excited to bring our knowledge and expertise there and uh, continue to do some of these, um, these off-market multifamily deals that we've been doing right now. So um, that's it for Blackjack. I, uh, some really great stuff that happened and some, some things that weren't, uh, weren't the best, right? And that's, that's what business is, is learning from our mistakes, learning from um, what happened and making changes and making adjustments. And I don't know where we're going to be next year. And I, I went back and listened to my year in review for 2020, uh, right, or uh, my year in review for 2019 and going into 2020. And it was funny because uh, I was talking about opportunity. I was talking about things come up in the year. We have no idea what 2020 is going to bring. And looking back, we definitely didn't, right? I was fat, dumb, and happy on a cruise in February with all the seven-figure flipping members. And life was good. Business was good. Everything was great. And then it was like a got hit in the face, right? With this uh, pandemic, this COVID-19 and lots of things have changed. And this, who knows what 2021 is going to bring? All we can do is we can set our goals. We can set our quarterly goals. We can bring them down to rocks. We can bring them down to to-dos. We can put them on the scorecard and we can track as we go and make adjustments and changes. And hypothesize, test, and pivot. I love these three words. They're written all over my office. Um, we're going to hypothesize about what 2021 is going to bring, what we can potentially do. We're going to test that and then we're going to pivot. And we're making a pivot inside my business. And there it is. It's out there. You guys know. I'm looking forward to uh, questions, what you guys think, uh, some feedback, all that stuff. Give it to me. I want to hear it. And I'm happy to uh, talk about it and stand by it for Blackjack. So that's what we've got going on. It's an exciting time for us. I love the team that we have. The foundation of our company is really, really strong. And I'm excited to see where we go in 2021. And to all the folks that, you know, came into our world, were working with us in 2020 that moved on, you know, I, there's not a single one of them that I have any hard feelings towards. I love you guys. There's, it's been an amazing year. I'm so happy that I was able to employ everyone through, you know, six to eight months of this pandemic. And, um, we did the best that we could and we made some changes. And I know that they're like, we pushed some people to start businesses. We pushed some people to start some training programs, push people to, to do, to go to another company, um, recommendations, referrals, all that stuff. So, um, there wasn't anybody that we had to call and say, Hey, um, sorry, you're fired. You know, it's just not the way that we do things, not the way that this decision came about. So we've been able to place people in other companies. We've been able to do some really cool things. And I absolutely love, like, when I look back at the folks that used to work for us, I see Dee Dee Huey uh, building a bookkeeping business. Ryan Smith with Leadsmith is just doing some amazing things. And uh, now Heather going out and doing a lot of her marketing um, stuff like that for, for members and other people out there. It's just amazing to see that. Um, Chad building his sales business and his multifamily business. It's just really, really cool to see those folks. And I will say one thing. When key members from the company leave and move on, um, sometimes it takes, you, you really have to jump back in. You really have to focus on that. And I will say, uh, Chad leaving the company was a big blow to the company. He really held the sales team together, really did some awesome stuff for us. And we didn't realize how big of an impact that would make. We thought we had very well-trained salespeople. And um, when you have a rock star like that, 
you don't necessarily know exactly what they do and how they do it. And their departure could be a very influential and impact to your company. So um, I'm, uh, for all of you out there, as you're hiring and training and developing people, they're not always going to stay with you. And what you need to realize is what is the impact going to be like? And try, try to hypothesize that. Try to actually figure out what that could be and, and fortify that because uh, we knew that he was going to move on and make a change. And we, we thought we could just hire a couple of people, put them in and, and get them rolling. And the sales, the sales folks, the acquisitions managers and salespeople that we have, they are a huge, like kind of uh, the life of your business a lot of times. So um, that's one thing that definitely hurt us. And I'll be completely open and honest about that. And um, I'm, I'm excited to have Chad working on the sales and the multifamily side of what we do and uh, be part of that. And he's, uh, he's just really amazing at what he does. And I think you guys have all heard that at Flip Hacking Live and uh, on the coaching calls and things like that, if you're in the mastermind group. Um, so uh, the team that we have on the multifamily side with me, Chad and Nate, uh, it's really exciting. And we have a couple other partnerships with some other folks that we're in deals with. And uh, I just, I love where, where we're going with some of that stuff. It's really great for, for my tax strategies, for my net worth, uh, and, and those kind of things. So, um, you'll be hearing a little bit more about that. Obviously we're not, uh, shifting anything or changing anything here, doing 50 or 60 wholesale deals a year. Uh, we still have all those tactics and techniques, and that's what we're talking about here, uh, primarily on the podcast. So, um, if you guys want to hear something different, you want to hear, uh, some more about the multifamily deals and stuff like that, reach out, let me know. And, um, and I'll, I'll try to bring some of that into the, into our world. So, um, okay. I'm going to move on to seven figure flipping. I don't know if we're going to break this up into one or two podcasts. We'll see maybe three. I also want to talk about my personal life and some of those changes um, that I've made uh, this year and, and some really cool stuff that's happened, but there's blackjack in a box for you. A lot of changes, a lot of things that we're doing a little bit differently and um, some win huge wins and some uh, disappointing uh, failures of losing a quarter million dollars to some research and development. Uh, last year, it was a challenge and it still hurts and stings to me right now. So uh, there it is. I, I hope you guys enjoyed that. This is uh, something that I look forward to and dread every year. <laughs> and, and I think now you know why. Um, the opening the kimono and sharing everything is a little bit of a challenge, but I hope you guys appreciate the, the openness and transparency that, that I'll give here to you at our events, Flip Hacking Live, at our mastermind events, everything that we do. Uh, I'm not just going to talk about the wins and everything great that's happened. I'm also going to talk about the struggles and failures and losses and, and all that stuff. So it wasn't a perfect year for me. Um, it was definitely a very challenging year for me personally and professionally in, uh, in multiple areas, but there were also some really, really great things that happened uh, for us. So I um, hope this is helpful. And if it is, let me know, reach out, um, give us a rating and review on the podcast. Tell me, tell me what you thought. Uh, take a screenshot of it. Tag me on Facebook, Instagram at Bill Allen, REI, um, my personal page. If we're friends on Facebook, um, shoot us an email info at sevenfigureflipping.com. whatever it is, just let me know what you think, how it's going. Uh, your feedback is so important to me. It tells me that you want me to keep doing this every year. You don't want me to keep doing this every year. Um, whatever that may be, I want to hear about it and, uh, ratings and reviews on the podcast on iTunes are incredibly powerful for us. I really appreciate them. And uh, I have uh, a to do this next year in 2021 to start reading some of these reviews on the podcast in the beginning. So if you leave one here coming up, um, you might just read it on the podcast, give you a shout out and say hi. So um, I'll see you guys on the next one. If uh, I'm going to jump into seven figure flipping right now, I don't know if this is too long or we're going to put it in two or, or uh, smash it into one. So seven figure flipping was exciting. It was a great year. I had a lot of fun, uh, but I worked way too hard in the company this year. And you'll hear more about that uh, in a second. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? 
I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.